1: The players that you that you Jordan Cooper were considering before, you're considering again, and I think it actually opens up some players that other people would not play that they now have to consider.
2: Right, the people that I like. Exactly. Juan Mata has some value now.
1: Right, Jao Mutinho.
2: This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, a two-time finalist for the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Podcast of the Year Award are some of the best daily and season-long fantasy soccer tools in the industry, including detailed stats packages, projections, and more, please visit rotowire.com soccer. And now, please enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the roto Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of roto Joined Join on this Monday, August 5th by Jordan Cooper. We're back. Premier League starts Friday. Jordan, what's up?
2: Changes, changes. I don't know. I don't know the words to that or whatever. But the, the, the scoring changes. I think that's the big news. I mean, other than obviously, like, like soccer's not back. Like over the summer, there's still soccer. Never stops. Right. It's just a matter of do you want to play like Europa League qualifying showdown or international friendly showdown and uh, Copa America. Second round, three-game slate, like those types of things.
1: Are you looking down on these? I do, at least. <laughs> I think it's the return of GPPs greater than $700. Right. I mean,
2: I I also missed out on MLS, which kind of fits mm. into that bucket also anyway. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've had those, uh, but the Premier League is coming back. This is what most people play. They're the biggest contests. I guess Champions League could get. Premier League size, but that's what we mean that we're back. And uh, you were the one who broke the news, I think, of the new DraftKings scoring system. Uh, I didn't see anybody else on Twitter talking about it before you, so um, lay it out for us. Actually, before you do that, it seems to me that the changes are heavily in favor of how you play. Uh, So how much did you think of yourself when you were suggesting these changes? None. None. Oh come
2: on! No, of course not. I didn't think about it at all. They the the DraftKings soccer team and their product people. Like for for most people that may not know that like I'm on the DraftKings Voice of the Player Committee, which is essentially is is, is a focus group. Uh, most of the time, the stuff that we suggest and complain about, ninety five percent of the time they don't do. Anyway, right. We complain about payout structures and then it's a million the first and set of steak knives the second, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. We could say to it we're blue in the face. We'll keep on bringing up the point and just hopefully things move in a direction. If they don't, whatever. I mean, like we're not in charge of the company. They come to us, they go, We're thinking about this. What are your thoughts? We're thinking about this. What do you, and then, you know, sometimes, they're just, sometimes they just may be gauging on like what the reaction is going to be and they've already made the decision. Like they don't care that we don't like it. They're just like, okay, we we <laughs> at least want a plan for what people are gonna complain about. So right, just right. understand that that's all. It, it's 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 one step above Twitter or any forums of like like complaining about something. It's it's right. it's, it's just one step above. We may learn about things before they become public. Uh, so that's why, I like the scoring system stuff, and also uh, they talk to a lot of DFS uh, soccer players, not just me. So like. Uh, especially over the summer, I think later in the spring, some of their soccer product people reached out. I mean, I even tweeted something. It's like, if you want them to, cut, like, they asked me. It's like, if you know anyone that wants to provide feedback, and I just basically, you know, give me your DraftKings username, and people tweeted me out, and I just gave that list. Whether or not they contacted everyone, I don't know, but I know they talked to a bunch more people, and not just people that play, you know, I don't care about goals type of way. And from what I gather, uh, their main priority, and I'm saying from what I gather because they they didn't even tell me, uh, is that the main pain point in the soccer lobby in general, in the sport in general, that they've seen. And remember, they they go by a lot of data. And sometimes I put data in like air quotes Mm -hmm. because just because you see data, you could interpret it in a million different ways that uh, they don't see enough overlap in users that play classic and showdown and from their surveying, I'm assuming is because the scoring systems are different that people may be confused. They play classic, they go to showdown and they go, what's a shot assisted? Like why are these people getting twice as many points? Mm-hmm. Like why, what are these 0.05 thing? Like what, like that, I've been playing EPL for three years and now I'm playing the showdown and I don't know what it is. And there may also be people that play showdown that go to classic and it's it's the opposite. Why aren't I getting, you know, little points for accurate passes? Maybe. So I think the priority in changing the score in altering things uh, is to make it unified. When you pl- When you play soccer DFS, like, it is what it is. And also that the formats like Showdown, are similar to the formats in other sports. So, like, we've asked, and I've seen a preponderance of people on Twitter, at least, that play soccer DFS, that want the captain spot because it's in every other sport. I mean, we see that in NBA and NFL and in MLB and everything. So why isn't it in soccer, especially where, like, there's there's really only this, like, 22 people that choose from, and especially in, like, double-ups – like, you get a lot of overlap. Like, in GBP, you could kind of get fr- you could get frisky, but, like, a cash game construction and showdown a lot of times comes down to, like, did you take the $4,800 defensive midfielder or the $4,700 center back? And that 1.2-point difference makes the difference of, like, cashing in a 50-50. Right. So adding the captain at least adds an element where it reduces the amount of ties, whether or not be in cash games or in GPP. I don't think it'll do it to as much of an extent as they may believe, because there's still probably an optimal, like, like, yeah, obviously you put James Madison in the captain and then you, you pick X, Y, and Z and you do that, like that type of thing. So we're going to see plenty of overlap as it is, but I think it's a matter of unifying what users see on their platform in other sports
1: as well as in the sport itself. On the, if you took like a sample of the, let's call it the 20 highest volume DFS soccer players, where do you think making sure classic and showdown scoring was the same would be on the list?
2: Probably fairly low. Right. Because uh, because we're going to play anyway. Right. So, I mean, DraftKings, you could see even in all their other sports that they're and, and it it's always weird to see forums and Reddit and and Twitter that when people like oh they're catering to the volume players they're oh they're catering to the sharps or anything. From everything that I've ever gathered from uh, feedback with them from the committee in them is that their main that that it we think of it as. The large portion, the majority of the user base, but in fact, it's extremely small, and ninety-five plus percent of people that play on DraftKings or FanDuel are people that you don't, you don't aren't on Twitter, aren't on forums, uh, don't play often. They may play one or two times a week, uh, and they typically play like one lineup. And you see a GPP in soccer that's like two thousand people. Like eighty percent of that of, of that contest are the random people that you see, like names yep. you don't notice because they only have one lineup, and every once in a while you'll see like, oh, who's that in third? Oh, who won that? But I mean, compared to someone that puts in twenty entries or like a hundred entries, even that you're gonna just see them more often. So, yep. so thinking in terms of like, they're always looking to, uh enhance the playing experience of the more casual user. I'm not saying that they have to be bad. Like I'm not using that term as far as good and bad, but if the high volume players, if the sharper players, if the regulars are going to play really no matter what, like why, why really? I mean, look, think of from a business perspective, like why did they have to listen to them that much at all? Because like, Hey, we complain about payout structures and then top heavy, you know, place places, 80 bucks thing fills like the message is clear to, to, to yeah. I mean, what how how else are they supposed to look at it? I think the long term perspective is wrong. I think that just bleeds people quicker so that two years from now, it's hard to fill those GPPs anymore. But on like a week to week basis, they put 10K to first and it fills no problem. And then it's 5k to first the next week at a lower price point, and we're sitting there at, at 10 minutes to lock and uh, there's still 300 spots left. Like what else are they supposed to take from that? other than and then they look at like the types of users that are in both contests. and they go, oh yeah, we got we got more entries from these high volume players. And then, but the other one, we got more ones and twos from other people that we don't see often in the mm-hmm. lobby. So it's not something that I like, but for the ecosystem as a whole, I, I want to do what's going to grow the soccer lobby. And that could really only come from two places it's either going to come from the ones and twosy people and getting more of them, or getting higher volume players from other sports. To now play in the soccer lobby.
1: Yep. Do you think these changes will do that? No. But I mean, it, it, <laughs> I still think it
2: makes the game better.
1: I agree. I very much agree. Um. So let's go through them. You told me just before we started recording, you have notes. And you are prepared for this podcast, which... Frankly, how dare you? I'm always prepared for the podcast,
2: but I mean, if we're breaking down a DFS slate. I'm just kind of looking at salaries and construction sure. stuff like I'm not looking. I I, I do look at uh, stats on the RotoWire site mm-hmm. to verify information, but typically not to like I need to really break down. And from week to week, it's like I, once you know the teams, you kind of know the teams.
1: Uh, did, but did you but, write these notes like with a pen? Yes.
2: Pen wow. and paper. Twelve wow. to fourteen hours.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I could find a pen if I look for one for five minutes. But anyway, what's on your notes? Uh,
2: since we're adding new scoring categories, I wanted to get uh, a look at who benefits from those. And I know that you wrote a piece up on up on wire last week highlighting a lot of that, and I wanted to dive mm-hmm. deeper into it okay. and, and see how that affects... Like overall scoring, the distribution of points on teams, teams to attack, and uh, and what I what I find, and I tweeted it out uh, a couple of days ago, I think these additions uh, are obviously, like you mentioned before, I think they for cash games especially make you lean even more away from goal dependent forwards. For sure. And secondly, I think it adds more correlative effects to GPPs. Agreed. As opposed to before where a lot of times correlation, you know, you, you could set up, a, you know, a goal assist type of combo, but who knows where it's coming from. But I think this sets up for possibly some game stack type. You take a. A player from two players from one team and one player from the other side of the game, and that could be correlative, which I don't think we've seen with the scoring in the past. Other than like you're gonna play like it's a it's a three and a half total, and you're just like you know, like I'm gonna take I'm I'm just gonna stack one team. I just one team is gonna score six goals. I'm taking four guys from a team. I'm talking about you typically don't do that, and then also take a player from the other side of the game. Right, right. But I think the new scoring allows that type of correlation a bit more. Huh.
1: Um because of the chances? Because you're just expecting the other team to be creating creating chances by the end?
2: Well uh, we'll get we'll get into it. Well I okay. I, I want to go into the, the GPP stuff after okay. the the cash type stuff. So okay. the ba- the new scoring, basically, just to break it down, is uh they've nerfed crosses from 0.75 to 0.7. Mm-hmm. So they go down 0.05. How much that makes a difference, I don't even know why they did it. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, did that matter all that much? Like, is that going to change that much? That it? I don't know. Maybe it's a to keep the number, the even numbers? I have no idea. Right, is there anything, there's nothing that has a 0.5 at the end? Well, There's a point02. I don't know I don't know you figure it out or I don't 0. know why 0. they did yeah, no
1: there's no reason for it
2: right I, I don't, it doesn't change anything it, it, it nerfs it by what what's 0. 0.5 into. seven It's not
1: enough for you to think differently about crosses right then you still want them.
2: right. then they added chances created which they call shots assisted and mm-hmm. I agree with the name only because it helps people that may not know soccer. Mm-hmm. We always get into the debate, and I'm what's the exact description of a chance created? And we go, was that a chance created? Was this a chance? Like, what's a chance? At least when you say shots assisted, it like it describes what a chance created is.
1: The pass I, before I a say, shot. I do want to say I saw somebody um, explaining what a ch- shot assisted was, and I think it was, gosh, where was it? Because it was someone from DraftKings, maybe it was on. Um, the Rotogrinders forum when they announced it there, but they said that a shot assisted was a pass that led to a shot on target, and it's not. It's a sh- just a pass that leads to a shot. Right.
2: That's so, a chance. That's a chance. And these are all opt like uh, like DraftKings uses Opta, mm-hmm. so it's whatever Opta deems is that. So that I go exactly. by the Opta description because if that's if that's where the stat provider comes from, that's what it's going to be. Like just like tackles one. Like a tackle yep. one is different than a tackle. Tackle Correct. one means that you, your team has to maintain possession the of the ball. Or this is this is where you get into the hairy situation of if the if the player knocks it out of bounds. Like, but it's not just that. Like, it's kind of it's it's always like whatever they deem at that specific yeah. moment. Because you yep. can have a fullback that is like tracking a winger and then goes in for a tackle. And then knocks it out of bounds. They don't the the defenders team doesn't get possession of the throw in, but it's still considered a tackled one because it was a defensive play that stopped an attack or something. It's something I believe.
1: Like that. Yeah, I don't think it's technically considered possession, but I believe because the ball went out on the defender, theoretically there is a change of possession because he touched it and then it went out of bounds. Okay,
2: okay, the, the semantics. Yes. But the shots assisted
1: will be one point. I'll I wanna also add that you get a shot assisted on an assist. Right. Just so. like just
2: like you get a shot a shot and a shot on goal, you get both of them. Correct. It's not like a shot is one and a shot on goal is two, which doesn't count the shot. Right. They just make it one and right. one. Yep. And then they've also added accurate passes for point oh two. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that comes into play. I'll, I'll have to explain it a little bit more. Originally, I was thinking it doesn't matter that much, but it may matter a little.
1: Um, I think it'll matter, but not in the way people think it matters. Oh, okay. Then you're going to surprise me then. Probably
2: not. Okay. It's a lot dumber than you think. Oh, it is. <laughs> and then they've also gotten rid of the penalty kick miss negative mm-hmm. bonus, if you want to call it, of minus five. <laughs> and I, I can't believe I've seen some
1: feedback. People of, are honestly upset about it. I, I, and I, I really don't, I don't get it at all. The, the only reason I can think that anybody would be in favor of keeping five points for a missed penalty is that they literally have gotten every missed penalty in their favor. That like they've never rostered anybody who has missed a penalty, and they have actually played against people in head-to-heads that have had players that miss penalties, and they win by f- four points, and that's it. Because it's astonishing to me that anybody would still want that around. Right, because it's a, to me it's a double jeopardy type of penalty. Because it's salt in the wound.
2: Right, because like when you get a penalty and your guy goes up to 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 shoot, like, it, it, worldwide. The penalty success rate is about seventy five percent. So you are going in thinking you are getting ten points, mm-hmm. and not only are you not getting 12, ten points, yes. well, ten points for the goal because I mean, you, for the goal, yeah. If it's a miss, you still get a point for the shot, and if it's a yep. save, you still get two points because the shot and the shot on goal. Mm-hmm. But you are going in, going, I am getting, I am getting ten for the goal, and then when it misses, not only are you are not, you you feel like the ten points you've already lost like you've lost 10 points right there when he, when he misses. So now to lose five more on top of that. <laughs> right. Like like at the, the guy the guy could have uh you know done, you know five points worth of stuff in the game 60 minutes in and now he's down to zero because he missed a penalty, but you feel yeah. like he went it's not he went from five, he should be at 17. And now he's at zero. Yeah. So it, to me it it doesn't make much sense. I'm even in favor of getting rid of the cards?
1: oh, I I actually think that negative points have no reason to be in fantasy.
2: Right. I'm I'm, I'm turnovers in NBA, I'm not I'm just it's it's a negative experience. Like if they're looking yes. if they're looking for like Literally. like personally, I don't mind it that much. I'm not emotionally invested enough where I'm like I'm tilting over a, a yellow card. I'm playing weak. I mean, it's just going to, it's a variance over yes. time. It's going to be whatever it is. But I could see from a, a more casual user's perspective of it sucks to, like, get negative points for anything, especially when it's not like, like, I guess you could predict, I mean, yeah, you could predict yellow cards on certain players, but it's not the type of thing of, like, if anything, it's similar to, like, a kind of a double jeopardy type of thing of, like, well, now they're on a yellow card, which means less likely tackles one, and more likely substitution, or more likely sending off. And they just like if you if your guy gets a red card eight minutes into the game, it's like you're already losing on the eighty-two other minutes of production from that player. Yep, and now you're at negative
1: two and a half. Yeah the 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 one that gets me are the like tactical fouls that lead to cards like guys breaking away and the guy like holds his shirt. Like that's a smart defensive play, but instead you're getting a yellow card. Right. You get negative points, negative points for that. Right. Yeah.
2: So there are a lot of things that I may, uh, that, that people may have suggested. I may have suggested that they just didn't do. Right. So it's not like I, w- I didn't go in there and like, this is what it's going to be. And you go do it and make sure you don't fix goalie. Like I did. It's <laughs> not like I did that. <laughs> I think, uh, Goalkeeper uh, is a tough task. I agree. I I don't, I think there's, there's downsides to any part of the goalkeeper system without just getting rid of goalkeeper, which I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to either, to just not even
1: have goalkeepers.
2: You know where they didn't
1: used to have goalkeepers?
2: Where? Tears. Ah, but now they do. Again.
1: No, I think they just killed tears. Right.
2: But I understand from if you think of from a statistical perspective, uh, goalkeepers the most varying position week to week. Over a large sample size, it's it's been shown that like it makes sense. The pricing makes sense, and the scoring yes. makes sense over yes. the long over the if it, it, the higher goalkeepers will score more on average. The lower goalkeepers will score less on average. But from a week to week basis, you don't know which ones those are going to be. Right and. Uh, the variance helps less skillful players. So the, sure. more, the, the increased variance in the game, although it may piss the hell out of sharper players on a week-to-week basis, it's better to keep, you know, a casual lesser skilled player could get lucky by having the 22-point goalkeeper that makes up for uh, taking the midfielder with the zero because they didn't even start. Like that type of mistake. Right type of thing. So the more, I it shouldn't be ridiculous amount of variance. I understand why they're keeping it in because you take out goalkeeper, like the variance gets even less. But I mentioned to them, and I've explained it before, that we tilt goalkeeper. It's because you could say the same thing uh, in NFL with defense. Yep. Like on a week to week basis, defenses. It, it someone returns a touchdown, like you can't predict. Like points allowed aren't the biggest. Indicator and in how you score at defense. It's more of interception, sacks, and touchdowns. Right. So, but in NFL, the average score, unlike DraftKings, average in general, is maybe 150 points in mm-hmm. your lineup. Maybe, I mean, the winning scores may all have over 200, but like the average ish type of score, 150. And the difference between a defense getting two and getting 12 is 10 points. So that's like 1/15th of your score. So the difference that that it doesn't tilt you that much that you have the two point defense uh except if unless you're like right on the cash line, right. Those yeah. 10 points don't matter that I mean, they may matter in winning a gpp or coming in 112th. They may matter but but I mean, if you if you only have 98 points and you only have two points from your defense, and you're way out of the money, you can't blame your defense on that. I can't believe I didn't take the defense that got 18 points. You, you still wouldn't have made it, right? It still didn't matter that much. But in soccer, especially on the more the smaller slates where you have, like, three games, like, the, the average score could, could be 55. You know, three goals get scored. Four goals yeah. get scored. So, the, like, the cash line is, like, 55. And mm-hmm. a, there's a goalkeeper that has two points and there's a goalkeeper that has 16 points. Mm-hmm. So that 14 point difference is like a quarter of your score. right. So like that goal if you have that goalkeeper, you profited. If you didn't, you lost. Mm-hmm. like even if you got everyone else kind of bright, like it just it's so big of a proportion. I think, although it's obviously not adding a ton. Now that we're adding chances created and accurate passes, the overall scoring of your lineup will be higher. The goalkeeper scoring has not changed. So in that case where it's a 55, the average score on that slate may be 67. So the difference between a two-point and a 12-point goalkeeper is instead of a fifth, there's now a sixth. Right. It's It's not enough for it not to be tilting. But it mitigates that factor just a little bit. On champion. that's why we we typically don't tilt goalkeeper as much on big champions league slates where all the totals are three and the average cash line score is like 100. Like if you have a six-point goalkeeper and someone else has a 14-point goalkeeper, like you still needed goals in your lineup to win. Like no one's sitting there at 70 points going, I can't believe I lost because of my goalkeeper.
1: You're forgetting one small thing about goalkeepers, though. What is that? Some of them will now rack up the pass numbers.
2: Oh yeah, because you have to take that into account. Why not? How many passes does a goalkeeper normally make accurately? Uh, for like a favored side, uh, like thirty. So that's an extra like uh, half a point. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's let's talk of, let's talk about accurate passes first. This is the most boring part. Because uh, the two main things we're looking at is accurate passes and then chances created. Okay, mm-hmm. so accurate passes. And you'll see overall the, the two main things that I, I, I you should be getting out of this podcast as far as strategic differences or I don't want to call it differences but more inclinations. I don't think it dramatically changes the game. I don't think you're going into this season in, in, in Premier League and be like, well, now – everything's there now, you know, agreed. Everyone's taking defensive midfielders or now don't take these types. Like, I, I don't think it changes your strategy all that much. Uh, it does open the player pool up a little, but I think it changes what teams you attack on a week to week basis. It's less like what types of players. I think the types of players that you're playing are simple just as the same as the types of players you were playing before.
1: I, I, I want to stop you there for a quick second because I think the players that you, that you Jordan Cooper, were considering before, you're considering again. And I think it actually opens up some players that other people would not play that they now have to consider.
2: Right. The, the people that I like.
1: Exactly. Juan Mata has some
2: value now.
1: Right. Gia Moutinho. Like now those guys, you're, those guys who you love to play— are now guys that everybody has to love to play.
2: Right, but also understand, like, but like this increases scoring across the board, so it's not like, like, when we talk about accurate passes, like, the leader in the league per 90, like, this is my research, Andrew, because, okay. you know, I have, I, I pay for my roto subscription. Mm-hmm. Because I still don't think, I, that no one still said it so that I don't pay for it. Uh, which Thank I you don't for mind. that as well. But supporting the site, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh Jorginho yeah. from Chelsea, 88 AP per 90, which equates to 1.75 points. Other, which is probably
1: I, his uh, fantasy points per 90 last year.
2: Right. But I went down, and the, the leaders of every team that's still in the Premier League, I, I didn't include the three that got relegated, and I didn't include the three that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So Arsenal, Xhaka at 80. Brighton Stevens at 48. <laughs> uh, Jefferson Lerma on Bournemouth, 55. Westwood, 45 on Burnley. Jorginho, 88. Milivojevic, 52. Andre Gomes on Everton, 54. Ndidi, 54 on Leicester. Van Dyke, 80 on Liverpool. Laporte, 88 on Man City. Maddich, 67 on Man United. Uh, Shelby, 59, on Newcastle. Hoyberg 58, on Southampton. Attawereld, 72, on Tottenham. Decore, 57, on Watford. Noble, 58, on West Ham. And Ruben Neves, 58, on Wolves. Now, taking a look at these numbers, here's the two things that should stand out to you. One, most of the passes are on teams that are good. Because mm-hmm. they have more possession.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But also understand that, like, everyone's getting these points. Yes. So, like, you don't go in going, oh, Chelsea's playing a favorite side. You know, they're heavy favorite at home at Stamford Bridge. I'm playing Jorginho because I, I feel like I'm, all, I'm just getting 1.75 points, like, immediately. Like, that is his floor. But, like, if he's playing—if they're playing Brighton, like, well— even if Dale Stevens doesn't have 48 assist uh, uh, accurate passes, he may have 30. Right, and that's already like a half a point. Mm-hmm. So it's like so the difference between Jorginho and Stevens in the same game is like the difference of like a point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's not like you're you're getting <laughs> if you take Jaka on Arsenal, it's like he's not the only. I'm getting one and a half points and no one else is getting any points. It's like no, like it's like the crappiest player from the other side is at least going to string together 10 10 passes or something. Right. Right. So, like, everyone's floor goes up at the same time. There are some people that get a little bit more than others. But, like, it's not something where you go in and Lester are playing and you're like, well, I'm going to take Wilfred and Didi because he leads the team with 54 per 90. But it's like, well, Harvey Barnes will have 37. Yep. Like, uh, Telemans will have 41. Madison will have, you know, 50. I mean, like... Like they're all getting points. Like everyone's getting points. It's just indeed he's maybe getting an extra point two. Are you gonna make that big of a decision on a point two versus anyone else on the team? And the high and the, the teams that are higher. I think this is the the biggest point. Especially we're gonna get into chances created that we see both of these types of scoring changes. You're gonna see this year that you will you'll be considering. Secondary players on heavy favored sides over majority set piece takers of underdogs. Mm-hmm. Would would you say that that's correct? Uh, on the surface, I do. Yes. Okay. So I agree with that. Yeah. So for instance, uh, if Tottenham is playing Burnley, like I'm not even using Man City and Liverpool as an example. Uh, Tottenham's playing Burnley. The most valuable player in that game is probably Christian Eriksen at this point. I mean, with Trippier gone, he's probably going to be majority of set pieces mm-hmm. back again. They're favored against Burnley. Uh, let's say, for just argument's sake, like JBG's out and McNeil and Brady are out or whatever. You look and you go, well, Ashley Westwood is 4,800. Mm-hmm. Deli is 6,200. Deli Ali may be a better play than Ashley Westwood, even if you go, well, Ashley Westwood, because we say it even even all the time of like, do you take the set piece taker of the heavily underdog team? And we go, well, how many set pieces are they going to get? Yep. Right? This is a very similar situation of how many set pieces is Burnley going to get? And you have to weigh that against the increased chances that are created by all the secondary players on Tottenham. Because Burnley aren't creating those chances, Tottenham are creating those chances. So while Ashley Westwood may get, let's say, in a good situation, he gets six set-piece opportunities, and they're all crosses. So that's what, 4.2 points? Well, if Lamella's in, if Suns, I mean, all these guys may be getting, they may be getting two or three points each on chances created. Yep. As secondary players to the ceiling set piece ability of the cheaper underdog set piece taker.
1: Do you think this ultimately means that they grossly overpriced players like Erickson? I think, because, I think so.
2: I think, yeah. uh, cause I mean, DK runs by like an algorithm type of thing, yeah. kind of like it's looking at the averages and whatever. So we'll see some maybe pricing differences that even this all out. But when we come to chances created, the shots assisted stat, uh, Per 90, like, the best players per 90 are, like, in the two to three range. So we're not talking yeah. about, like, they're going to be racking them up. Six, seven, and, I mean, we're not talking about it. It's just an extra. It happens, though. Yeah, it, it, it. you're right. It does. An extra one or two, and they typically come from the usual suspects. Yep. Central attacking midfielders, basically attacking midfielders and set-piece takers, and... When people say, oh, it opens up the player pool to, like, deep-lying midfielders, that isn't true. They're typically not making those passes. Like, Wilfred Ndidi no, isn't making
1: through-ball passes to shots. It's the—excuse <clears throat> me—the deep-lying players, or they're not even deep, but the deeper ones that we were thinking of anyway. They're the ones who already had set pieces. Natinho, Milivojevic, players like that.
2: Right. They just happen to play deep and open play, but they also have set-piece responsibility. But I, right. it doesn't increase— Guys like Indrissa guy. Like, I know no. he's on PSG now, but, like, yeah, like, yeah they, they'll have accurate passes and tackles one, but, like, it's just that they don't make the passes that lead to shots. They make the pass before the pass that leads to a shot. They're typically not making those types of passes. Right. So, from a team perspective, like, I, I went through, I looked at the chart from last year, 2018, on how many chances – were created by the team as a whole. hmm And then average it out to 38, you know, 38 games. So leading league is Man City with 517. Sure. So that's 13.6 chances created per game. Per game, right. right. Chelsea, 12.9. Liverpool, 11.2. Tottenham, 10.3. Leicester, 10. Man United, 10. Arsenal, 9.5. And it goes all the way down to Burnley at 6.7. These are points that are now available to players on those teams that weren't available before. You know, a lot of times we talk about the distribution of points. How many points are available in the pie, and who will get the most distribution of that? That's why we talk about monopoly set-piece takers, majority set-piece takers. Of James Madison is going to get a large portion of the distribution of Lester's points, Because he's on everything. And he's a central attacking midfielder on top of it. We talk about, uh, like, Lucas Dean on Everton. Just he gets a large portion of it. Uh, Now that you've given, based on these totals, bigger pies, the top teams already had big pies. Because a large portion of their big pie was goal points and assist points. Things that are more variant. Chances created aren't as variant. Kevin De Bruyne is going to get his three chances created. Like, we take a look at Man City now, for instance, obviously, like the top team, and we always look like, oh, we could play like five guys, and which one do we play? Do we play Aguero because he has the highest anytime goal scoring odds, but he's gold, more goal dependent? Like we typically in cash just run to Kevin De Bruyne, but we could go, well, he may not even have every set piece. And then if right. he's out, we go, we'll play Gundawan, maybe. Or then we, like, do we take Sterling or Aguero at forward? Or Sané if he's in? Or Mares if he's in? Or anything. Uh, based on these numbers, like, it's quite possible that Aguero could have a minus 225 goal scoring chance. And he's, like, the third or fourth option that you'd take yeah. in cash. Yep. Because now you've, you've given more. David Silva becomes more of an option for a floor. Bernardo Silva in a forward slot, like becomes Raheem Sterling actually becomes a better player than Aguero in general, because he creates more chances and he scores goals.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bernardo and David Silva were like big. They they jump significantly because of it, right? Because of the and, chances created
2: and the, the people that do, that go down are the more goal dependent players on weaker teams. Yep, because they don't even create. They don't really even create much chances, and there's less of a pie.
1: Right, so like we take. Sorry, in terms of the pie, uh, in looking at the total chances that you were referencing, so the difference between Man City and Tottenham, Tottenham was fourth, is small is greater than the difference between Tottenham and Huddersfield, who were nineteenth. Right, like so, like Man City is like a, a, and Chelsea were actually fairly close to Man City, but they're like extremes, like the the fifth or uh, the fourth to. 14th teams are pretty close. Like, they're clustered in terms of total chances. Right. So it's not like we're, we're drastically changing everybody. It's like there's actually the, the top teams benefit significantly, and the everybody else just kind of sees the same increase. Right.
2: It, it's, it, from the looks of it, it's like Man C- from last year at least, because obviously players have changed on teams. Yep. Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool are, like, at the top, and, like, Brighton and Burnley are, like, the bottom. Yep. but like the difference between like, but the difference between Tottenham and Man City on a per uh, on a per game basis is th- is almost three and a half chances mm-hmm. difference. But the difference between Tottenham and West Ham is like one and a half, exactly. But looking at this, these these are all like for thirty eight games on a week to week basis. These <clears> throat> the the throat> diff the difference between the two teams matters more than the team. And I'm probably, once we come around to Thursday and when we break down EPL and UCL slates here on in, I'll be talking a lot about disparity between teams and not how well, how good the team is in a vacuum because the team that has the more, more possession and will attack more, Will create those chances. The reason why these numbers look the way they are is that Man City are almost always that team in every yeah. single game that they play. Right. Burnley is almost always not that team in every single game that they play. But Everton, who's sitting at like nine point two a game, is like the reason why their average is nine point two is because when they play Man City or Liverpool or tot or, or the Tottenham even and Chelsea, like their their total for the game goes down to like five because they're the weaker team. right? But when Everton go and are at home to Newcastle, like Everton could create 14 chances that game. Like they they could be the man, they could have as many
1: chances because of the disparity between the teams. I think the easiest way to think of it is if you don't want to have to think of chances created, just think of how many shots each team's going to take. Like not every shot, uh, not every... Uh, yeah, not every shot has a shot assisted to it. Sometimes, you know, the... Deflection and... Yeah, something. Rebound. The the player steals the ball and they shoot. It's, uh, you know, it's like an unassisted basket in basketball. Um, But you cannot have a shot assisted without a shot. Like, there has to be a shot. So if you're just looking at two teams and say, I think Team A will have significantly more shots than Team B and more shots than... C, D, E, and F in these other games, like, those that's where your shots assisted are going to be. Right. And then you combine that. I know it's a, uh, accurate
2: passes seems like a like a joke, but the teams that shoot the ball more, that are more favored over the other team, are also the teams that possess the ball more. Yes. So while we may look and go, well, Laporte has, like, the Man City back line and defensive midfield have a lot of AP because, I mean, they, they always have the ball. Yep. But it's because they're they're almost always a favorite, big favorite over every other team that they play. But mm-hmm. in the case that Everton's playing Brighton, like Yerimina Mina could have eighty passes yep. that game. Like 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 Lucas Dina could have five six chances created that game. So like if we're looking at a slate, let's say there's five games on a slate, six games on a slate, and you go like, let's say in that situation that Everton's playing Brighton and, like, Crystal Palace is playing Tottenham. Like, I'd much rather have, like, two or three players from Everton, possibly, before I take Luka Milivojevic playing on the road at Tottenham. Like, I'm not even, like, I'm not considering him if he's playing, like, Man City or Liverpool. Like, sure. We typically, once. You want weren't to, anyway, want, though. Right, right you wouldn't any like you weren't even considering that typically to begin with but at least like in the kind of lower top like like Tottenham and Man United and Arsenal where it's kind of like well I mean if especially when the weaker side is like at home like that the line on the game may not be that you know Arsenal could be like a plus 120 favorite on the road. so you're like against Crystal Palace if Milivojevic is like 7K you'd be like, That isn't that bad of a play. But then you see Lester is facing one of the promoted sides that is horrible. And you go, well, maybe I want Yuri Tielemans instead. And you go, well, Yuri Tielemans isn't even on set pieces. It's like, yeah, and he's 6,800 or something. It's like, well, I think he has a better floor than Milivojevic may have. And that because of the disparity between the teams in that matchup. I don't know if I think it's going to be that drastic. I don't think it's going to be that drastic. But I'm at least explaining the situation of yeah. the secondary players on heavily favored side. Like, if you want to just like take a look at the betting lines, we see like minus 200 Lester, and then you see plus 120 Arsenal. Like, I think minus 200 Lester may be, even though they're, quote, technically a weaker team than Arsenal, their players may be in a better situation because of these
1: points being added to their pie. Yeah, I, th- I think you just need to set the expectation that it's probably no more than three or four. Right. No, no, I agree with That's you. all. Right. Yeah. Adds a little bit more to the floor. Right? It just adds a little bit more. Yeah. To the floor of the players that we were already looking at anyway. Yeah,
2: but we have smaller slates now. When we have four-game slates, you look and you go, do I, Key Sung Young is in the lineup for Newcastle. And he's thirty six hundred. And Newcastle is playing Chelsea. And Newcastle's at home at least. And you go, Do I play Keisung Young or do I play Mateo Kovacic? Like it could be that you play Mateo Kovacic instead.
1: Or you don't play either of them. I'm just yeah, saying. I, was that- say, I think you're more likely to not I'm not sure you're I, I think the the thinking that you're gonna play Kovacic means you're thinking the pie is significantly bigger than it is right well i'm i'm more saying
2: that the pie on the other side is is lower than it was yeah because in 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 relation right typically i'm all for like taking the cheap set piece taker over like you know a winger with no like with no with nothing other than you know his open play value like we always thought like uh, zaha versus townsend type of thing and it's like well, I'm much more inclined to take Zaha when Crystal Palace is at home against the newly promoted side. Now, then take the then take Ashley Westwood on Monopoly yep. set piece duty against Tottenham. Like yep. like to me it's like now it's not even I'll take the team that's going to be attacking more. Like much more than I care about the team that's going to have 42% possession because it's just that their pie is so much smaller now in in comparison. Sure. Uh the second thing, from a correlative perspective, I think you, you're gonna you're gonna respond in the similar way as before. That I'm gonna explain this and you're gonna go, I don't think it's that drastic. And I agree with you. But it has it it does to some extent. Being that soccer is very game script dependent, we say a lot of times that it depend like a lot of the stats will be tilted depending on, like, when the first goal gets scored. If a favored team, you know, heavily favored team scores two minutes in, it doesn't necessarily change much. If they score two goals within five minutes, the other team almost has to open up too early. Like, that game could turn into 7 nothing even. Uh, but when it's the other way around, when the underdog team scores early, like, now the favorite side, like, the, the underdog team is just going to bunker practically. Right, so I could see a case where it's like I'm not talking about like Man City or Liverpool where let's say it's Tottenham versus versus Brighton you could make the case that you could play Glen Murray and then four Tottenham players against him and go Glen Murray goal and Tottenham just go
1: nuts getting back into the game I'm all for taking Glenn Murray in any situation to be honest, but uh I do you really think it's going to be that Different, like. I, I well, feel I like told you we, you were
2: going to say that. I told you we were going to say like, oh, that's it's whatever. I'm just, but, but I'm just looking for correlation. at some extent, we talk about it in in the Discord all the time, right? If you're in the Discord during the games, we sweat the games, you know, post goals, tilt the hell off, right? Uh we talk about like, oh, like like oh, so and so scored for. That's great for your Man United players. That that Brighton scored first because now. Like they're they're more likely to be being in even more attacking posture. Like that's good for you. They conceded unless you have obviously you know goalkeeper. You have a goalkeeper. Like that's good for your players. If like if Man City concedes early, it's like oh that's great. They're gonna create even more set piece opportunities and have even more possession. So if I, that's the case, when we are like it's good when a team you have players from a team on the other side of a goal being scored. Like, why wouldn't in GPPs for larger field GPPs
1: find that correlation? I understand the concept, uh, but I mean, maybe maybe it just makes too much sense. You also have to I, predict the guy like that's going to score.
2: I mean, like a lot of times it's. But I mean, you can't you can't tell me that like taking. I'm not saying to stack stack like you're taking four guy. I mean, I I went a little overboard there. But let's say, for instance, let's say it's uh, it's it's Bournemouth versus, uh, let's take a team that applies
1: better to this. But isn't uh, it as simple as, as like, uh, Bournemouth against Man City? And you're taking Callum Wilson at 4900 because he's priced down because they're playing Man City. Right. And on the other side, you're playing Aguero and KDB. Right. Or Sterling and KDB. Or Sterling, right. KDB, and Bernardo. Like, but you're ultimately going in with the i'm going to take the center forward from the biggest underdog and but they're priced low also yeah 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 no
2: but i'm not talking but see the thing is is that i'm not even talking about that wide of the games i'm talking about when when teams are a little bit closer in skill right like when we have uh like more of the like more of like the the, the top mid table i'm talking more of like the everton's and the the lester's the wolves type of thing like let's say it's it's wolves versus a, like one of like brighton like that's why i always bring up brighton cuz it's like they're a pretty crappy side yeah and you expect wolves like at home to be like that's a good spot for like joe Matino. that's a good spot for like neves and and their their fullbacks good spot for rail Jimenez. In general, but like if Brighton comes in and scores, like Brighton's ha- like to get three points on the road to Wolves is a big deal. They they're fine with a draw when they come into the game. Like there's no way that Brighton is like, well, we're gonna still play the same way. It's like you know, like like we scored 38 minutes in. We're just gonna try to kill off the game for the next you know 52 minutes. Yeah, the whole second half, and you go. Well, why can't I take a Brighton player that could possibly score that goal and then play, like, Jimenez and Matinho, like, two of Jimenez, Matinho, Neves. Yep. In the same lineup and go, I hope this happens. I mean, this is what we do in in, in NFL. You go, you take quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, and then a wide receiver from the other team. Or a run, you take the running—you take, a, you know, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys, and then you take the t- wide receiver one of the other team. Because it's like the running back scored two touchdowns and 120 yards as they have the lead, and the wide receiver one on the other team is— the, you know, they, they're going to have to throw the ball more to get back into the game. Like, it has to exist in soccer to some extent. It's just—I think in other sports, it's easier to figure out who those players are. And in soccer— like, you'd be like, oh, I think, you know, this team's going to score early and then the other team's going to have to uh, get, create more chances and have more possession and everything. It's just that it's hard figuring out. You take Bright—I'm you take. going to take Glenn Murray, and it's Solomon March that scores. Or it's uh, a Dale Stevens' goal out of the back for no apparent reason. Or it's a center back. It, it ends up being a Pascal Gross to 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 Louis Dunk. Set-piece goal eight minutes in. And it's like, well, that wasn't Glenn Murray. So, but i mean but the correlation has to make sense i
1: my my response to it is i think you are building a narrative to create a correlation in that you are saying i need Glenn murray to score early so that all the other guys on my on wolves will come back attacking where maybe you are creating a less likely situation by rostering Glenn Murray in that game instead of Troy Deeney in another.
2: No, that's the thing that you have to assess. Then, I agree. No, I agree with you. I, it's the correlation isn't as strong. I I get it, but I think with the addition of these points, it makes it a, l- a little bit more worthy. We we've we've not mentioned this type of stuff before. Typically, yeah. over the past two or three years of doing this podcast, we say like. Like don't stack five players from one team because like soccer like they're not going to score enough goals for that to matter. But now like the top team like I playing three Man City players in cash on a six game slate is not unheard of now because it's not like well I just I hope to get capture all the goals. It's like well I think you have a floor with these players also. Like it, when Man City is at home playing playing a newly promoted side and they're a minus nine eighty favorite. And you're like, the other games are like, even you have four other games on the slate, And they're like, even, 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 even. And it's like high priced, you know, Erickson, high priced Frazier, high priced, all that type of stuff. And it's like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you nuts prop possibly in that case and go, I'm just going to take four man city players. And mm-hmm. even if they only score three goals, like David Silva could have 10 points without a goal or an assist. Right. Kevin, I mean, maybe Kevin De Bruyne can have 18 points. David Silva could have an assist, four shots assisted, and like three crosses and two tackles. I mean, he has twelve points. Mm-hmm. Aguero has fourteen points. Like you could, like the the even matchup with like Ryan Frazier at ninety two hundred. Like Ryan Frazier could end up with fourteen points also. Yeah, right. I mean, like it's this. It, you're not you're not going into the Man City game. You're not going into the Liverpool game. You go into the Liverpool game and you go. Do I take uh, Salah? Do I take Mane? Do I take Trent Alexander-Arnold? Do I take Robertson? Like, may- maybe you take all four of them, and right. in ca- I'm talking about in cash. Yeah, you go. Andrew Robertson could be like 5,400 at defender, and you go. I may want to take uh, Ashley uh, Andrew Robertson in my utility slot, and in- before taking like Matt Ritchie as an underdog against. Everton, like for even like you'd like you think that like actually Robertson has a higher floor when Liverpool is at home to a newly promoted side. Yep, yep. right like that, and that's what I was kind of explaining before about like the Yuri Tielemans Like, like I think we're gonna be looking a lot more, not because it's gonna be dramatic, but I think we're gonna be looking a lot more on playing teams that are heavily favored. More so than like the teams where the the distribution of the pie is better because the pies have all just gotten bigger and they've gotten much more bigger for the heavily favored sides.
1: Yeah, so it's it's not so much that you're looking at the teams more, it's that you're looking at more players from that team. right. Yeah right, right. It's a, the,
2: the, as the pie gets smaller, it lowers the amount of players that you could take from that. Yep. Like, so like when when Bournemouth's an underdog, like it's like either you're taking Ryan Frazier or you're not taking anyone from that team because the pie is smaller. He gets a large portion of that pie, but the pie is smaller. But then when uh Everton is a heavy fit at home and a minus two forty favorite over a newly promoted side, you'd be like. Well, before I take Frazier, I'd rather take Sigurdsson and Dina together. Like, their pie is big enough that it's like, well, Sigurdsson isn't really on as set. I don't, I don't care at this point. He creates, he'll yeah. create four chances, have three shots, two on goal, and, and he also takes penalty. I mean, like, I look at that and be like, I'm taking two guys from that side before I take, like, the majority set piece guy from the smaller pie. Or at least making that consideration more than before as opposed to before where it's just like, just give me James. As long as James Madison isn't facing one of the top sides, like just give him to me every slate. I think it's going to be the type of thing where if James Madison comes in at like 9,800, it's quite possible that you may go. He is the highest floor of any player. I think in the whole league, but, but man, City's a minus 1200 favorite. Over Sheffield at home, and he go. If I pay it for Madison, like I can only get one Man City player, and it's like, well, the Man City players get chances created, and all the 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 accurate, the passes, and and the shots, and everything. It'd be like instead of playing Madison, maybe I just play Sterling and the Bruyne. I think it's more. That, I think I think I different? still end up playing Madison. I th- no, well, because no, 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 no. It's different because we we were looking at those players as. Like, it comes down to goals.
1: No, I, I, obviously their floors are a little higher, so maybe maybe the argument is that you're considering them more. But like, I think you're, you are already making that right. But
2: I, I think I'm. I I think the example I gave was too dramatic because of the Man City example. But let's say it's mad. Let's say it's Leicester versus it's a reasonable
1: example. And, and but not the time.
2: But it's not reasonable because Man City is just such far and away ahead. I'm talking about, like, even, let's say, uh, I'm, I'm even talking about, t- let's say, Tottenham, for instance. Like, that has a secondary play. Like, like I take a look and go, like, if Tottenham is facing Sheffield or, you know, a lower, newly promoted side and Leicester is facing Everton, which is, a, I would say, an even matchup. Like, Leicester, you know, Leicester-Wolves, a solid mid-table. And then Leicester's on the road. So unless there's like a slight underdog, and you go well, Erickson, Erickson and Madison are both 10k. It's like to me, you take Erickson every single time, being that Tottenham are a minus 420 home favorite. Yep. Versus and and then you go well before I take, uh, I need a 6k midfielder. It's like maybe I, maybe in cash I'm playing Erickson and Kane. Like, and you go, well, Kane is so, go-, like, or maybe you're playing Ollie and Erickson. Maybe you're playing Son and Erickson. Maybe you're playing Son, Ericsson, and Rose. And you go, it's a five-game slate. Why are you playing three Tottenham players? It's like, well, because the four other games are closer. This is the game that is the most lopsided. And with all these added points, like, if I take Rose, Erickson, and Son, like, each of those guys at their positions may be better than, like, Danny Rose in that game could be light years better than Jose Holobus in another game. Right, right. Right? It may, Like, Andrew Robertson on Liverpool may be better than, like, a set-piece taker that's 6K from another team that's an underdog.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure how much it changes our end result.
2: No, no. I, I mean, we're still talking about the same people. Right. right? We're still mentioning of, like... This, we're still mentioning Madison and Frazier. We're still mentioning we're still mentioning majority set piece takers because they also create the most chances. Also, right. But the additional people that we're talking about are like I, I did a looked at the chances created per ninety from each mm-hmm. team, and I just took into account like the people that played the most, like someone that plays three games, and it's like well four chances create like yeah they, they, that that doesn't count. Uh, it's only the people that have played like a significant amount of games. The people that get added, like that added value, that aren't like that. Like we take a look at like Mesut two point three. Yeah. We take a look at Juan Mata, two point oh nine. We take a look at uh, like Almiron, one point five. Like people that are, I'm, ta- I'm looking at people like aren't on set pieces. Redmond, one point four for Southampton, and uh, I mean all the Man City people are
1: ridiculous. Yeah, that-
2: <laughs> but like Felipe Anderson, one point nine. And we take a look even at Watford. The, the person with the highest chances created is actually Troy Deeney at 1.5. We even look at Southampton. Like, number two after James Ward-Prowse at 2.1 is Danny Ings at 1.5. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at these. Pogba gets a little more value mm-hmm. on, on Man United. And Ashley Young doesn't really. Like, we see, like, Young and Holobus. These guys, You could, when you look at chances created... And you go, well, what about Ashley Young? What about Jose Holubis? What about, like, those type of people? With their chance of create, not, not, they're still, like, 1.4 or something, but you go, like, they're really sending in bad crosses.
1: Yeah, you realize how horrible their crosses
2: are. Right, you're really right. You're like, if one novice was still in Man City, we'd see, like, chances Jesus, created. Jesus. Jesus, whatever. Because <laughs> he's the typical example of, like, crosses to no one. Yep. But, like, you would think Richie would have more, like 1.84. But he actually doesn't because it's a lot. Like, the worst teams, I mean, it it fits the concept. The worst teams create less chances because yep. they're. And when they're behind, it's like, okay, we're just going to go wide and send crosses into the box. So you get the points for the cross. But when they get, like, cleared, like, that's not a chance created. When you're creating good chances, I mean, when. Like, the crosses don't necessarily, set pieces lead to chances because the play is designed for that. Yep. right. But when, like, a, a team is just going wide and sending in 18 crosses from a wide, like, the defense is just set up to defend that. Right. Like, time and time, it's going to get deflected and cleared and all, you're not going to get a shot out of it. On a set piece, even on, like, a near post center back run and the ball goes just, like, over the bar, like, that was a chance created. Mm-hmm. Like right there like that set play is made for that does that it, now we haven't talked about center backs does this do anything for you for center backs
1: no it changes highly favored center backs floor from 1 to uh 2 right
2: and the reason you'd play the highly favored center backs was the higher chances of a clean sheet anyway right or in gpp for the set piece goal but mm-hmm. just like we said before, with accurate passes, like everyone in the game is getting these. So although they may get like you go, oh, my center back has a one point floor now. Like, well, every center back is a one point. Like, right. exactly. like the, the 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 difference between floors between all the center backs are like the difference between like a half a point. Like, do I take this guy or this guy? It's like one has like point six and the other has point seven two. Like what? Like really? Are we getting into the that minutia? Like it's not, and it really depends on the game. So you're not going to, it's not going to be the type of thing where we're looking at starting 11s at nine o'clock and you go, uh, well, uh, Laporte's out and Otamendi's in and he's 3,800. They underpriced him for his accurate passes. Like, no, <laughs> you, you should not be doing that.
1: The only explanation I can reasonably accept for adding accurate passes into the game is that they're doing it to avoid ties?
2: I don't. Uh, a little. I think it's more uh, because they want to unify the scoring. There's going to be trade-offs.
1: They and could have unified it by just getting rid of it.
2: No, but that it goes against the purpose of of what their mindset towards showdown is. Yeah.
1: Something's always happening. And right. So scores are always changing. I get it.
2: Right. P- picture in terms of not us. Picture in yeah. terms of. Random dude on the couch that plays once in a while, and has the DraftKings app open, seeing things happen in the game, going, "Well, I'm getting something there, and I'm getting something there, yep, and I, I, I want to update my, my the leaderboard." Like that's what it's meant for. I don't think accurate passes is necessarily meant for classic, but if it's not, it's, if they're going to unify the scoring, it's, it's got to be it's got to be both at the same time. Yep. Does the, does the changes now that they're equal? I think this is the last topic of discussion, because it's a long podcast, but I mean, we're, we're back. We're back. Right. We're at least discussing a general strategy, not like the, on Thursday, we'll be back with the, the regular slate analysis mm-hmm. as normal. Uh, does the, we've talked about classic. Now that showdown is now this scoring also is more similar to classic scoring. So in showdown, it's changed by uh, the points are now twice as less. Because everything was like times
1: two in a showdown, pretty much. Goals aren't quite as important, right? But they're still really important.
2: Well, of course, but just the same way in classic. But it's still just you know you're just
1: playing like you
2: you don't have that many people to
1: choose from. Exactly. But they're not so drastic anymore. Like the problem is that they were worth more individually, and when you double them, they're obviously now the the gap between. The goal and in a foul drawn is significantly greater.
2: Right. And also, they've gotten rid of, which was in Showdown, where like the defenders and midfielders got a little bit extra points for goals right. and assists.
1: Right. Which I, I always, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves in other formats is different scoring for different positions.
2: What, you don't like that?
1: No, I can't stand it.
2: Oh, I actually, I actually suggested that.
1: I actually think the reason why it's so unnecessary is that there's no uniform positions either. Like they can't decide if Muhammad Salah is a midfielder or a forward. And now we're trying to make one arbitrary decision there to now award him either more or f- fewer points based on that. Then eligibility. Well, that's why I suggested just doing it for defenders.
2: Have it like I suggested, which is similar to sh- the showdown format before was that defender. Cause that's the easiest one. To Like, they are a defender. We have these occasional ones where it's like Marcus Alonso, like yep. these wingback-ish type of players. Yeah, so what do you do there? Well, then make them defend it. Fine. Then have, it's still, the midfield forward thing is depending on if they're playing 4-3-3 or whatever. I could see having, leaving them alone. But what do you do
1: the, when Ryan Frazier scores a goal as a wingback?
2: Well, I think Ryan Frazier should always be marked as a as a midfielder regardless if he's like Richie, Frazier. Well, Richie was a, was a left
1: back last year four man back line he was a left back okay so now he's a defender no why not see you're you're right and to some extent you're right it's not it's just not
2: necessary eh, I me. just thought it's a good boat like I think it, it it would increase the value of fullbacks and maybe some well, center backs no I mean they, they already have eligible for the clean sheet bonus right so that
1: there's their extra right
2: there Okay, but how, why not plus two on a goal and plus one on an assist from a defender?
1: But like, but why? Because why it's they... harder to score is from those positions. Trent Alexander-Arnold led the league in assists, or was Robertson one of them? Okay, the assists are easy for defenders,
2: and they get an extra one for it, and that's why they'll be priced at seventy-two. They should get one fewer
1: because it's oh so easy. oh now you want oh now you want to do that. <laughs> I think just... if. The, if everything counts the same for all of these players, I don't see, like in real life, I don't see why we're benefiting players because of the position they happen to play.
2: Because the <laughs> fantasy game should reflect real life, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, do centers in basketball get extra points for assists? Point no. guard block shots are worth two now? Well,
2: in basketball, it's very hard to even know what to, whose position is what anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's very similar to the game of soccer.
1: Mm-hmm. Whatever. All right. Anybody has any follow questions for Jordan? You can find them on Twitter at Blenderhead. That's Blender HD. I am at Rotowire Andrew. Uh, we're back, and we'll be back on Thursday to preview Saturday's main slate. There is a showdown on Friday, Jordan. Liverpool Norwich, which. Um is one of those very one-sided matches that we would have considered in classic, but now we get a showdown to talk. Maybe we'll discuss that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back Thursday, the plan Thursday, uh, again, this season for all premier league and we'll adjust for champions league as well. So Jordan, thank you for that. And I'll talk to you later this week. Thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com
2: soccer.